Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. This is a special to show today that I want you to be really excited about. As a veteran, a Marine, I am just overjoyed at the guest that I have today because she's focused on something that is an unscripted TV series that continues the highly effective peer support therapy. And I'll let her tell you the thunder that comes with this and it is unlike anything that is really going out there. There's some things that are similar to this, but this has healing and positive growth rather than, I don't know, in endorsing behavior that really doesn't get to be a resolution to a problem that many face after having seen serious trauma. And you know I'm all about overcoming trauma. So this is absolutely essential. She has something that's called Horses and Heroes, and you've got to hear about it. I want her to tell you everything about that and other things that she's doing like, well, I'm just going to list it and let her explain it. Never can say goodbye. Chalice Island. What does this stuff mean? Oh my, I'm going to let her tell you all about it. Welcome to the show and I want you to just clap wherever you're at and cheer her on because she's supporting the veterans of the United States military who have served and this is going out to all those who are serving thank you and thank you for those who have served welcome to the show Teresa Chase welcome hi Rebecca thank you for hosting me I am so excited to have you you are welcome and you are welcome for everything that you're doing thank you thank you thank you thank you it's uh, it well as a writer producer that is how I serve I support the military I support our veterans but frankly the only thing I'm capable of shooting up is my mouth and I'm very good at it. <laughs> I love it I love it I, there's so much about you that I want to share with the world because you your innate nature with everything that you are doing is absolutely incredible writing directing producing you have this TV series, Horses and Heroes, that is unscripted, and you are just making this. I, you have to share. Okay. Well, Horses and Heroes will be telling veteran stories as they work together to find new coping skills for their physical and emotional challenges. And the emphasis will be on the veterans because they are people. They are not disposable parts of the war machine and they're definitely not political footballs. So, Horses and Heroes will be using equine therapy with peer support therapy. And by combining the two and giving veterans a chance to tell, tell the world about themselves, to share their stories, because that's where the emphasis is. You know, the horses are great, they're cute, they're wonderful. But the veterans need permission to seek help. So many don't because they think the ramifications will hurt their careers or, you know, make them feel like they're not big, big tough guys. Even Marines need help. Okay. Uh, can, I, can I just jump in, Teresa? Sure. Because I, I have to say you're nailing it. 
right on the money. And when I went to the VA myself, I was told the one, the one group of the United States military that is the most reluctant, that they have the most difficult time getting to draw out the need that they have and accept the assistance are Marines. Correct. Well, you know, you you know, once a Marine, always a Marine, you know, you've got this reputation of being tough guys. And tough guys, you know, just suck it up and never, you know, you're 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 not supposed to show it. Um, because tough guys, you know, you know, tough guys don't cry. And t tough guys don't, you know, don't run, you know, their colors don't run. But sometimes you just have to be given permission to say it's okay, to feel mad, sad, and, you know, seek help. You know, those who serve live a life that most people can't imagine. They leave everything they have known behind and going into situations where they see the most horrific things. And most people don't, you know, sign up to go kill somebody. They sign up to help, to protect, and to make situations better. You know, you know, it, you know, how can I put this? There aren't too many psychotics who are accepted in. If you yes. know, they, you know, if you go into recruiting and say, "I want to kill as many as I can," they're gonna, you know, boot your ass out the door. Yes. But most people who go, who choose a life of service do so because they do want to serve, they do want to help, they do want to protect. You know, yes, it involves guns and killing. Because when the bullets are flying, you know, you have to fire back. But, you know, most people would prefer to be helping and rescuing people and really being a positive influence. But you do what you have to do at the time to get yeah. the job done. Yes. And so nowadays there is more help. But veterans from World War One, you know, well, you know, Civil War, you know, every war you want to name, on forward, when they came home, they weren't the same person, and their families are expecting, you know, they feel like they're the same and that they haven't changed, and they expect their, you know, their family member to be the same person. Yes. There's no way a person can really come back and be the same. You, you're hitting on something that is right on point. And any type of trauma that someone faces changes something in the brain. And mm -hmm. it, is, it is a trauma no different than stubbing your toe, breaking your leg. It's Correct. something different in the brain that is a trauma. And oftentimes we don't want to really look at it that way and say, okay, well, that needs healing just like a broken leg needs healing. Exactly. 
And this is, Teresa, it, it is the same for police officers that are seeing things on a daily basis too. And they're bringing this back and not doing it exactly the same that you're talking about. And I really want to stress how important what you're saying is and what you're doing to provide support for people that are having something that is bruised or needs a little bit of kind of a, a cast or mending or healing within the brain. It is okay to do this and there is support with what you're doing. That's one of the things this thing that the show will do. It's, you know, it's, it's not just the ACE, eight cast members. Once it, you know, airs and goes through the screens, all the millions of veterans out there will be given permission to seek help because you've got these eight veterans who are having the courage to tell their stories. And so, if they can, well, so can I. Yes. Several years ago, I was in Borders um, before it closed. And I started talking to the veteran. I saw his World War II hat. And I thanked him for his service and welcomed, home, welcomed him home. And we chatted for a while. And he was in his late 80s, early 90s. And he survived the Battle of the Bulge. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, he talked about his, you know, nearly freezing to death and being there when his body died and his, you know, crawling across the floor to be there with him. And the only thing his buddy wanted, you know, he didn't, you know, there were some that were so badly hurt and there were, the medical supplies were in such um, need that some they just made it comfortable. And he, him and his buddy were in the group where they were just made comfortable. But his buddy wanted to see the picture of his family. You know, and that's you know, what he wanted to die looking at. So his buddy um, you know, crawled across the floor and got the picture out of his pocket. And that's who was there when his buddy died. And his, you know, he went on to, you know, to continue to fight. But his family didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to know. Uh, so, you know, the older veterans right now are almost more, at more risk than the, the current, the ones from the current conflict. Because they, you know, when they came home, they got three hot cats and, you know, and out the door. And even though there were more veterans and more veterans organizations, you know, like the VFW and the American Legion, it was a social club, but it was not for healing. It was, you know, and they do amazing work. They do amazing work. I would love to partner with them with Horses and Heroes because I think we can help each other out a lot. But it was not the same as getting help. And so older veterans, especially those from Nam, you know, when they came back, they got spit on. They, you know, they, they, they had absolutely no respect. At least those from Korea and from World War II, you know, they were, you know, they received their parades and their, you know, their laurels. But, the, you know, 
they're of an age where they're starting to look back and really reevaluating their lives. And all those feelings and emotions and experiences that they locked away are now coming out. And they are having a hard time dealing with it because, you know, they're tough guys and they're supposed to suck it up. But they think that, you know, just because it happened so long ago that, you know, it's impossible to heal or it shouldn't matter. But it does matter and it's never too late to heal. Yes, and it affects so many other areas of your body too. Oh, yes. It, uh, oftentimes we don't understand why certain things are happening, why I'm getting sick all the time. Why do I feel this? And it is because of something that's going on in our brain that's saying, hey, recognize that I need, I need to be treated for, I need medicine. I need, you know, I need to do this. And I think what you're saying is really good and important and valuable. One of the questions I have though, Teresa, you mentioned the family. The family's not wanting to get involved. I'm wondering if maybe some of them don't know how to respond to this. Maybe they're thinking, well, I don't want to, the, the person may not want to talk about it, so I don't want to ask any questions. Right. Or, you know, what do I do? And so maybe they're feeling awkward. What would you say would be a good way for a family member? to get to to do this because I know that there are people that have said if you know this person had PTSD do not ask them any questions they don't want to talk about it and I can tell you firsthand from incidents that I've seen on the streets from being an officer one of the best things that I have been able to do is talk about incidents well it's like I, I, I'm not a therapist or a psychologist I haven't even played one on TV so you know just <laughs> from my own my own personal experience from having PTSD uh, from another source is that you let the person take the lead. Listening without judgment is the best thing that you can do. And that's one of the things that the horses are really good at and working with the horses and other therapy animals. But horses especially, they reflect back the handler and what they're feeling. So when you're, when you're working with a horse, they help you identify your triggers because they are very, so sensitive. They're, you know, you know, they're on constant alert, you know, fight or flight. And so when you're working with a horse, not only do they keep you in the present, but they, you know, they reflect back what you're feeling. So you can identify what your, what your triggers are. So, and, Okay, let me ask you, Teresa, do, do, do you sit on the horse and talk to it? Do you stand next to it and caress the, I mean, how does this work? It depends work? on the program. There is a, um, a, a international group called PATH, Professional Association for Therape Therapeutic Horsemanship. Okay. They uh, not only have you uh, teach you how to care for a horse, but you also do uh, riding. Okay. There is another form um, of equine therapy called igala and igala. that is okay igala. and and that is only that's you are working with the horse you know you pet with the horse you spend time with the horse you take care of the horse and so they, they feel that riding a horse is demeaning to the horse oh interesting okay 
and you know it's not something I agree with, but the, but their programs really work. But it, you know the got if you can't sit a horse for whatever reason, maybe Igala would be better for you because you do get the interaction okay. without physical risk. Okay, so like if you have a back injury or a hip injury or you can't right. ride the horse for some reason, this would be an alternative because you'll, you're getting a lot of benefit with this particular Correct. program. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because some people will be like, well, I can't do that program. And I know I can hear it. I can't, I can't do that. They're going to make me do this. I can't do that. I get it. There, there was a local um, path center in the area, and she started it, her, the program, because her daughter was in a car accident. And they never expected her to live. And then, you know, when she did, it's like, well, she won't, you know, she won't have any, you know, cognitive function. And every time they set a bar that they thought she couldn't go over, she did. Working with the horses brought her out, and she still has some emotional and physical issues. But she's back on her feet, and she is 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 yeah going to college, which and they you know, they thought she, you know she's thriving now. Correct. Yes. And this is what is amazing. So if somebody wants to get involved in the program, Teresa, do they t contact you? How does the, what do they do? Well, Horses and Heroes, um, I'm, you know, right now we're at the Paper Tiger stage. I'm still looking for resources. But if they want to find more about the program, they can give me a call at 231-943-3298. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. Perfect. So if you look, you know, for Teresa Chase, or on Facebook, if you look for Horses and Heroes, the episodic TV series. Excellent. Yeah. And yeah, so you can contact me through there. I also want to talk to you about some other work that you're doing. Okay. Yes, V. I do not. Before I let you off to be uh, doing any type of stallion work or. Uh, okay. <laughs> I I can't I can't let you go without talking about never. See, here it is. Never can say goodbye. I can't. Yes. Can't say um, yet. So I let's write, talk about this storyline and what you have going here. I write and produce projects that are based on age, gender, and ethnic diversity. And Horses and Heroes I originally wrote before I left the industry in the mid '90s. And even without the benefit of the internet. I found Katherine Hepburn because I wrote the role of Amanda for her. Oh, and wow. I sent her the script and I got this nice note back saying, thank you very much. You know, good, you know, good work, but I'm retired. And so I wrote back and basically, please, 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 please. <laughs> and she sent me a nice note back. Thank you very much, but I've retired. If I had known then what I know now, there are always various, form, you know, levels of retirement, yes. and I would have pushed it. But Never Can Say Goodbye is a traditional ghost story with a reincarnation twist. Okay. And it tells of, about uh, Sarah Jane and Randolph. They get married in spite of her father's objections, and she dies in childbirth. Oh. And 
because this happens in the 1950s since their 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 baby cannot handle formula he is for you know he is forced to marry audrey in order to you know as a, as a wet nurse and audrey makes this makes a sad, sad mistake of falling in love with randolph and oh my goodness so she has a very interesting path she you know she's not willing to give up on being a bellows and all the wealth and the power that goes with it and she ends up killing uh their child later on and so they come back uh the little girl uh randy ends up being trapped in the house her ghost and the only way she can be freed is if her parents you know when they come back remember what happened and learn how to forgive and if they forgive she's going to be freed uh to also reincarnate because her new mommy is waiting for her and her mommy says she has you know if a soul if a body gets ready and the soul's not read there the body will die so her mother her new mommy is getting you know ready to give up on having her when the fates and other people bring them back together again if they forgive and uh, remember the love randy gets free if they decide to go for the revenge they were denied in the past if her grounding item is destroyed which the uh, fire would take care of that and it's something that audrey been you know when you know coming back audrey's been trying to do then her soul gets lost in the void oh so, my goodness yeah it's yeah it's it's about love it's about forgiveness it's about second chances and it's about overall romance i love this and so and okay so if somebody wants to find out more about this how do they get a hold of it um well it's on facebook uh, as never can say goodbye again they can contact me and i it's i've got an amazing cast i've got bill hayes i've got dee wallace i've got conrad goody i've got oh my goodness um, this is amazing so far keep going keep going yes i've got um nikki cipriano i've got sean harman i've got um let me let me check my list i don't want to forget anybody um kimberly estrada and um julie chapin and lynn lowry and natalie shia and some others uh uh lillian lamore and um so the, you know i've got a well-rounded cast yes you do this is amazing so i am you know again you know we're you know the big thing of looking for resources okay Chalice Island. It yes. really quickly. Now let's take the cast and go off to Chalice Island and talk about okay. what with that. <laughs> okay. Chalice Island started as a New Dark Shadows movie. I, when I had my radio show, I hosted David Selby, and he told me that the uh, Warner's um, contract for the uh, the rights was coming up. 
and the original cast wanted to do something more in line with the original TV series. So offhandedly, he suggested I do it. Well, I wrote it, uh, wrote a script, but I wasn't able to get to get the rights. I, evidently, uh, Warner had, has paid the money, and they've got um, an open-ended lease on the rights. Oh so boy! Open-ended. Yeah. Wait, 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 I have not heard of this before. That's what I was told. That you know, they've got the rights. You know, for so long that it's it's you know it's you know open-ended. That is, uh, I'm sure there's, crazy. I'm sure there's an end date, but you know, it's so far, yeah. right? It's so far that like it's yeah, I get it. Yeah. Wow. So I edited out the dark shadows and um, created Chalice Island. So we've got the dark shadows, gothic horror, suspense, romance, and the wicked cliffhangers. And I am working on getting as many from the original. Uh, the actress from the original series that I can. Uh, Christopher Pennock has already said yes. Uh, David Selby and Kimberly Estrada, not, not Kimberly Estrada, um, got Kimberly on the brain. Uh, Catherine Lay Scott at, uh, is, and James Storm is reading it. I am looking for introductions to Kate Jackson and Nancy Barrett. But there are other, uh, I would love Laura Parker. Laura Parker, I think, is the most beautiful woman in the world. I don't care if she's 70 years old. She, you know, she is so dramatic. And, you know, I just, growing up, yeah, I watched it when it was originally on the air. And, yes, I'm a fan and I'm gone uh, goofy. But, she, you know, even back then, she was the most beautiful woman, I thought, in the world. And she still is. Oh. And so is Catherine Lee Scott. She's very beautiful. But there are as many of the original cast as I could get. And then I'm going to add some, you know, there are younger characters, and but the original cast is going to be front and center, unlike in that, that movie in 2012 that we will not talk about because it was horrible. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh no! Uh, Do, we I, 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 Do we dare? Huh? Do we dare? I accidentally watched uh, a few minutes on TV, and it was a race to what was going to happen first: me change the channel or me throw the remote through the TV. Oh, that bad! Yeah. Ouch! You know, sometimes even a band-aid can't fix certain things. Yeah. A bad project will be a bad project no matter how much money you throw at it. And so. But I bet you learned so many things from that. And this is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is one thing I want to share with the audience. You know, the, there are ouchers and there are things that a Band-Aid can't fix. But you have an opportunity to look at that and say, okay, what can I take from that that's going to make something else better the next time I do it? And you have right. done that. You have absolutely done that. And this is what's making you successful at what you do. And I want the audience to think about that. I want the audience to think about what have I done in the past that just didn't work right? I need to think about what I can use from that that will actually thrust me in a direction that's going to bring about something positive. So I'm really glad that you mentioned that. 
Well, Edison tried, I, I forget how many, you know, times to make a light bulb. And when they said, well, you failed that many times, he goes, no, I found that was how many times it took for me, you know, to find out that it didn't work. I found the, the right one. So it's just a matter of being persistent, being positive, being open to change and to new ideas yes. and getting up one more time, then you fall down. I love it. I love it. So, Teresa, you know, oh, go ahead. Well, the, 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 you know, life is full of opportunities and when we help each other and we, when we have the courage to say to a person, what do you need? Yeah. How can I help? That yeah. is how you change our, you know, your own life and other people's lives. I agree with you. It's very rewarding to do that for both parties. And mm -hmm. what you are doing right now and what you've done in the past that has launched you to where you're at, I am so amazed with everything you're doing. And I really want to, to ensure that our veterans have an opportunity to get connected with you as well as all of the things that you're doing and everybody on a, on a wide scope. So if you will share with the audience how they can connect with you and follow what you're doing and more, maybe even get involved with some of the things you're doing. If you'd like to know more about the projects, uh, you can call me at 231-943-3298. I'm on Facebook as Teresa Chase. I'm on LinkedIn as Teresa Chase. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I yeah I don't go to the others because there's just so many so much time in the day and days of the week. So you know those are the primary. But I will do my best to help. And if you can help me make connections to help make um, the projects real. One of the things that I'm looking for with Horses and Heroes, there are a lot of corporations that support veterans. Uh -huh. We are doing an updated active version of old school where a corporation sponsors a show. Okay. And so, you know, Little Caesars has a really good um, program to, you know, they help veterans get their own franchise. Ford has a really good program. And I just found out that Tractor Supply also has a, has really good programs. Uh -huh. So you know, I would love to hear from you if you want some positive, um, socially um, responsible PR. I would love to hear from you. This is fantastic. Thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Rebecca, thank you for your service. Thank you for coming home and becoming whole and for helping others. You know, what you're doing is so amazing because you do, you do step up. And, you know, you, when you went into the service, you raised your hand. When you came back, you found another way to raise your hand to make a difference. Thank you. Oh, gosh, I've got tears now. Wow, what a way to close the show. Thank you so much, oh, Teresa. And I want to thank all of you out there for tuning in today. This is really something very special, this show, and I hope that you will have a chance to rewatch the show, and I really 
hope that if you know a veteran or you know someone in the military or someone that has had a trauma that needs assistance, please get this show to them. They, you don't even have to talk about it with them. They can see it and they can take this on themselves without having to confront anybody. And that is something special. Thank you for tuning in. I ask you that you share this show with everybody you know on social media and not on social media and everybody that you don't know on social media. Get it out there. Thanks for tuning in. This is Rebecca Sounds Reveille. Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. What a show today. I got to tell you, this is really exciting because the guest I have has been on the show before. And what a guest he is because he is so knowledgeable with finances. And I want to talk about some things that may be of concern for you. And so does he. There's things that may make you lose sleep. And I got to tell you, when it comes to finances, it seems to be that we focus on that more than almost anything, and it affects us in so many ways. The ripple effect is absolutely unbelievable. The guest I have today has been on the show several times, and I really love having him because he's got over 25 years' experience in addressing financial concerns of retirees and even business owners. He has very strong communication skills. He's very personable, and what he likes to do is really focus on the client's needs and concerns. This is really important because if your concern is something that falls outside of what seems to be uh, sort of like what everybody else has, well, we need to address that, and Brad wants to do that for you. Brad Williams is the guest today. He's the president of Brad Williams Financial. I've got to tell you the biggest thing he looks at is safeguarding. And safeguarding, he go, I mean, with words and actions and unquestioned integrity is what he does. And this, as you know, with the background that I have, is absolutely essential with integrity. From being a United States Marine and also prior law enforcement. This is absolutely essential in my book. So I'm gonna bring him now on the show. Welcome back, Brad Williams. Good, good afternoon. I'm so excited to have you here and back on the show. And I know that there is so much going on with people being concerned and losing sleep over it. What's going on right now? Well, it's just a lot of money stress. Uh, a lot of people lose sleep over their money. And I don't know if that's something new, but maybe with this fast-paced society and being always connected digitally, it becomes more apparent uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, the connected society brings a lot of benefits, but it also means that you can't hardly turn anything off. Uh, clients can email you in the middle of the night and uh, just a lot of things going on. But people, you know, there's been many articles written recently about people losing sleep over their money. And 
and that that comes from several directions and for several reasons you know that's not that's not really a good thing it's really not healthy to be um, digital all the time and having no off button and actually kind of being ding, of something else that needs your pocketbook coming from your pocketbook and I, I'm gonna give you a perfect example because it happened to me earlier today and I was using a program that allows you to use a free version and if you want to upgrade it's going to kind of hit you in your face and say if you want to continue further boom you've got to pay this amount so what was really interesting Brad is that I thought okay well maybe I you know maybe I need to do that so I clicked on the upgrade button and then I realized I don't think that I can do that amount so there was stress there because I was debating the value of what I was doing with what I could spend. And that's a good thing. Um, too many people today don't do that. So that they, they have this get it now attitude and just put it on the card and not worry about, you know, how much it's going to cost. And everything should be all about return on investment. And, and that might even be just return on investment for, for your relaxation that mm. uh, you're going to spend money or take some time off to recharge. And that's good. That's what you should do. But it's also about things like college and, and college is one of those big expenses that people uh, stress over. But what I'd suggest is that today we have the wrong focus on college. I know when I went through college, I pretty much paid as I went. And I didn't take out student loans, but college wasn't that expensive because there weren't that many student loans. But because student loans, the government got involved and they just increased student loans when the tuition gets increased, it's like this big game that's played between the colleges and the government. And we are the ones in the middle. And so what happens is you get all these kids and parents that are stressing over college and the expenses of college and the kid gets out of college, he's got $50,000 student loan, and he's got a degree that's not marketable, but yet he's got to pay that student loan back, and it's not dischargeable in bankruptcy, when what should have happened in the beginning is they should have sat down and said, okay, this is what we're looking to spend. How are we going to do this? Are we going to finance it? If we finance it, is there a return on investment commensurate with what we're spending? And I think if people did that a lot of times, they come up with, well, maybe we need to look at another plan. It's interesting that you say that. And something that you said is also very interesting in that oftentimes people go, okay, I can just file for bankruptcy. But you made a great point in that the student loan is not dischargeable. That and that's No, and yeah, you're stuck with it. Yeah, and that'll affect your credit. I mean, this is something, the only way, from what I understand, to delay payment on a student loan is to continue your education and keep moving forward in college. That is that is the only way that I know of. And oftentimes, we don't do that because we have to now go into the the employment field and look for work so that we can survive and can't stay in school so yeah 
and you're you're exactly right. My daughter, my oldest daughter, graduated from Auburn several years ago, and and I got her through there without any student loans. And uh, so she started her life without that weight on her shoulders. But she went in there and worked, and I kept telling her, uh, you know, this ride is going to last as long as you realize what it's worth. And you make good grades, you stay there. You don't make good grades, you can come home. And so she understood, and she did. She did great. She got a degree in mathematics and and had great grades, and has a great job now. But the the fact is, so many parents need to sit down with their kids and figure out: a Are they ready for school? B What kind of degree they want? And C How much they willing to pay for that? And how? And so often, I know with stories I heard back from my daughter, is these kids would max out their student loans. And spend a lot of that money just partying and having a good old time because they knew they didn't have to pay the piper until they got out of college. So they ended up with a lot more student loan than they needed, and they may have ended up with a degree that really wasn't marketable. You know, that's a good point because it's very interesting that you have pointed that out. And I, I want to share something um, two things. One, with that, some people don't know what they want to do. So they, why for a liberal arts, you know, it's just something very general and they think that that will be beneficial to them. And in, in some ways it is. Honing in on a specific degree offers, offers a lot of benefits as well. One thing many people don't know is that you can petition for additional degrees if you qualify for them. And so I did that, and um, I ended up with several other degrees. And how I how I came to know this was really interesting. I started looking in the book when I was getting ready to graduate from a college, and I said, "You know, I qualify for that degree. Now I wonder if I have to retake all of these classes to get that degree as well." And so I asked someone, "Hey." Uh, do I, you know, do I have to take all these classes? And they said, no, you just have a degree. And I went, oh, okay. And so, so I did. And I, and I thought, you know, this really helps me in the sense, you know, people say really specialize in one thing, be good at one thing. And that, that's great. But when you're out job hunting, sometimes you get a little extra something. So for me to only have a degree in law enforcement well, that really narrows the scope. And since I'm retired now in law enforcement, what am I going to do? So it's great to know that I also have a degree in business because that really broadens the opportunities for me if I wanted to, or if I was physically able to go back into the workforce and, and look for work, you know, that way. Yeah. So it's and that's, that's a great idea. You know, something to think about. But finances are important because, like you said, when it comes to the student loans, I mean, these are not dischargeable. And education is really important, and parents and the parental involvement is so crucial. So, and this is something people do lose sleep over. And I think that there's even more to that. I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Brad, but I'm, I'm seeing people do some very severe things because of the pressure of finances. Yeah, they are. You know, the, I mean, finances put a lot of pressure on you in many different ways, your family, your marriage, uh, your health. 
So uh, having a solid plan, knowing where you're going, where you've been, you know, like anything, it's having a written plan of some sort or another is is a solution to let you know whether you're on course. I mean, nobody ever sets out to take a trip and just gets in the car and drives. It used to be you got a map out, you figured out where you were going, you laid out your route, you knew about when you were going to be at certain milestones, and that let you know you were on course, and boom, then all of a sudden you got there. But if you just, if you handle your life like just climbing in the car and just heading for vacation, hoping vacation finds you, well, that's that's why people are stressing out because they don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. If you, my, my thing, my phrase has always been, if you fail to plan, uh, if you plan, <laughs> I know what you're saying. If you fail to plan, plan to fail. So that's it, exactly right. You know, you, there's just, you have got to make the steps, even small steps to get where you're going. And if you don't think about these little baby steps of, things that you're doing, you're not going to get there. So when it comes to finances, one of the things that's really hard for people to do is talk about their personal life and what's going on within their banking. People get very embarrassed about their money, especially if there's mismanagement there. And so right. what I like about what you, what you and your firm really found the foundation of your firm is integrity and confidentiality. And this is really so crucial. And for people to know that you really value them, you want to meet their needs and that you're going to address them and they shouldn't feel embarrassed to come to you and talk to you about what's going on in their, in their world with money. And even sometimes initially, if they talk about their relationships, they come and say, okay, this is where my money's going. And you can be able to decipher this is what this person needs. And even if they don't know what their need is, you'll be able to decipher it because this is what you do. Yes. And so often, even people who've been very successful, done a good job of planning, say for retirement, since my practice is focused for uh, those who are at or near retirement versus young people, um, they saved here, saved there, but they've never really put together a plan of what to do with that, how to employ those assets. And so they come in initially and they're all stressed because they don't know what retirement's going to look like. They're in retirement or they're right at it and they're just really stressed over that. And then we sit down and we come up with a written financial plan. And then all of a sudden you just see the, the wind go, oh, I didn't know I was in such great shape even though they were in great shape, they're stressing because they didn't know. And so having a written plan, whether you're young, middle-aged or old, knowing where you are, that's the key. And then you know what to do about it. If you got shortfalls, you know what to do about it. You know, if you're stressing over healthcare, well, look at your different healthcare options. If you're stressing over college, well, maybe you need to delay it. Maybe you need to co-op or something like that. Uh -huh. Uh, maybe you need to, you know, a lot. I think America, getting back to the college thing, I think American kids have been sold a bill of goods that college is the only way. And all I know is some of my most successful clients financially are people who know skills. You know, when it's hot, people want to be cold. 
when, uh, you know, they want their water to run and their lights to turn on. So if you've got skills to be a plumber or electrician, uh, heating and air conditioning guy, I've got a client, a heating and air conditioning company, and he's begging for apprentices and people to come work for him because uh-huh. he's got so much work. So people just don't want to seem to get their hands dirty anymore. They want to get the corner office right out of college or go to college and flounder around. And that's part of the stress. You know, but that's a, what you're saying is really so, so good because people don't necessarily value themselves because like you said, sold this bill of goods and a misperception that you have to do this, this equals this for success. And that is not the case. We all have special skills and unique skills that can get us to success and define our own success because of our own dreams and what we perceive to be successful. And we have to follow that. And here's the thing, Brad, I'm thinking. When we think about the digital world, we can download all this stuff and we can read all this stuff and try to plug it all in and see if it works for us. But there's components that are missing. We really, I can read this, but I can't really understand how to apply it. I can see it, but I don't understand how to apply it. The part of person to person and being able to bridge all of these things and the auditory understanding really solidifies how the road is going to take me and I think kind of an end result versus just on digital. I really think that's lacking and um, and that's what you're there for. And that's right. And one thing is there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. I, I can have gained every word of wisdom or every word of knowledge from the Encyclopedia Britannica, but if I don't know how to employ that in real life, it does me no good. It's everybody remembers somebody in their life who was probably the smartest guy in class and the smartest guy in the room. And then at the 30th reunion, you know, the guy's a janitor. Now, now I don't mean to put janitors down. All work is, is valuable. Don't get me wrong. But they're thinking he's going to be, you know, something special. Well, he accumulated knowledge, but he had no wisdom. And he didn't have any practical application to it. So it's, it's about, uh, and that dovetails in with what you're saying about the internet. You can study everything and get everything you, I mean, could possibly dream of from the internet. But what are you going to do with it? That's like what, what good speakers, I go to seminars all the time to enhance my skills and knowledge. And my focus is always, whatever I get out of this workshop, I at least want to bring two or three things back to the office and employ them immediately. Now, the rest may come in time or they may not, but I am going to take something from this workshop and start using it right away. Yes. And that's what knowledge should be is, okay, what am I going to do with this knowledge now that I have it? This is really important because one of the things that, like you've said, wisdom, practical application, and the question of what am I going to do with this? example that comes to my mind is that there is a specific tax software that if you upgrade to a certain um, package that they have, then at the after you send your 
federal and state taxes off. You get a download for here to use Intuit software for your finances. Complicated. So complicated. If you yeah. don't know how to do this, that is a great benefit to have. But if you can't use it and you don't understand it, and you can't really, see, I mean, you can see, and even if you plug your figures in there, you, you're still going, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. It's great. Right. What am I going to do with it, though? I, I don't know what to do with this. I've got numbers in there. But that, that's no different than me looking at my bank account because I know what's in there. And I know what's going out. So what do I do with it? How do I fix this? How do I resolve this? How do I move forward? How do, how do I get happier and healthier with my finances so I don't? sleep and have to worry and have anxiety well you know probably one of the best things is sit down and write out the general life plan you know if you're young what would you hope to accomplish at the end of your life write yourself a narrative what you would like people to say about you what did you do what did you what did you accomplish in your life um, and then sit down and figure out, okay, over the next five years, I want a new car. I want to buy a house. Um, I want to go to Europe. I want to, uh, you know, have 100000 in the bank or, you know, some goal that you've got. And then say, okay, uh, how do I do that? So if my five-year goal is to save $100,000, then not counting interest, that means I need to save $20,000 a year. Is that practical? So that's the first thing. And I look at my paycheck and, you know, if I'm only making $40,000 a year, probably not a practical goal unless I get another job. So then I need to modify my goal. But I need to have a goal to get to. And so writing that down, uh, that helps because it puts it in writing. But it's more than just putting it in writing. It is then saying, how do I get there? You know, if I want to drive... To Gulf Shores for a vacation. That's a great goal. All right, what roads am I going to need to go? What towns am I going to go through along the way? How much time is it going to take me to get to Montgomery? How much time, I live in Alabama by the way, how much time is it going to take me to get to Mobile? Um, and so I know if the sixth hour I'm supposed to be in Mobile and I'm still in Montgomery, I got a problem. What's my problem? I'm yeah. driving too slow. You know, uh, I'm carrying too much in the car. Whatever that problem is, because life is like a journey. And if you treat it like a journey and you plan it out like a journey, then you'll get to your destination a lot easier. And the, the thing is, I think too many people just wing it. They get a job, they show up. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've called on companies and I was doing their retirement plan and you talk to some of these employees and they say, well, you know, I really don't have enough to put in the 401k. And you watch them get in a truck that probably has a $500 a month car payment. All right. Well, I mean, it's okay to have a big truck, but is that a good long-term investment? And maybe you should get something smaller or cheaper and put some money aside for the future. You know, these are decisions that are made every day. Yeah. And that's what's stressing people out is the daily decisions because they don't know where to go. They, they're out of money at the end of the week. All right, and they don't know why. Well, maybe it's because you went to Starbucks twice every day during work 
and you spent like 12 bucks on coffee. Yes. Uh, you went out to lunch for $15 every day. And then at night, you went out and did something at night. So the next thing you know, you made $500 that week and you spent three. And then you're scratching your head at the end of the month wondering why you don't have any money. All you got to do is follow your tracks. That's a really good Simple. point because we often, those things just escape us. They go, we don't think about it. Sometimes the physical enjoyment is more than what we think about in terms of our finances. And we go to Starbucks. And these things have made it so easy for us to do. I just load it up on the app, go to the drive through it's already ready for me, and off I go. I mean, this is- Yeah, that's right. You don't even have to hand over cash anymore. You just wave the card, you know? Yeah. That's right. I mean, you pre-order it, and it's ready for you. There is no wait time anymore. Um, and it's funny that you say this because I used to be a two day Starbucks person myself. Um, I don't do that anymore because now I'm caffeine sensitive, but <laughs> kind of weird. Go there, have too much caffeine and then become caffeine sensitive. So I want to throw that out there. People, uh, you need to be aware of how much caffeine intake you have because it really can be detrimental to you. But, yeah. um, yeah, the, but these things, um, that affected my finances. I mean, it, I was fine at the time, but I could have, if I didn't spend that money, I could have had it saved because later on I ended up becoming retired and I could have had a little bit of extra cash in my bank account, which is important for your retirement years because you're on a fixed income at that time. So it's pretty interesting what happens when you are doing things and slowly it, money kind of just trickles out of your account. It's, it's very interesting. So, um, yeah, so the money just trickles out and I, it's just amazing what happens when we don't really plan and, and we could use those, that money later on down the road when unexpected expenses comes up. So this is, it's really, Really amazing that you mentioned that, Brad. Well, and there's like like what you were saying about software. There are so many tools that you can do planning with, but then people get them, they get them out of the box, they plug them in, they download them, and they find out how complicated they are, and they go, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. And tomorrow turns into next week, next week turns into six months from now. Yes. And they still haven't done anything. So yeah. it's it's taking that step, deciding what you're going to do, and then take the first step. I love it. And so one of the first steps would be to contact you and get a, in, get a life plan going. And where can they get in contact with you, Brad? Uh, best, pl best place is uh, my website, which is askbradwilliams.com. So if you have a financial question, just ask Brad Williams. I love it. Do you also do estate planning? I work with an attorney to do that. I'm, I'm not a, an attorney, but um, I'm able to streamline the process because of my experience, but I, I have my attorney friend take care of the, the uh, nuts and bolts of it. So you, you have full service. This is wonderful. 
So I want to thank you so much for being on the show and uh, askbradwilliams.com is your website. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to I thank all of you for tuning in to another episode of Rebecca Sounds Reveille. This show has been very informative. We've covered a lot of things that I think you can use in your life to think about, to begin to change and make a direction that allows you to sleep better, have less anxiety, and to move your life in a direction that really brings success to you in the way that you see success. And also, this is something that you can share with friends and family. So I ask that you take an opportunity here to not only share it with your friends, family, colleagues, those you know and those you don't, all over social media, but also take the time to watch and listen to the show again because there is so much good content in here. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another fantastic guest here on Rebecca Sounds Reveille.